Hello, greetings and welcome to the Dual Poetry Podcast. I am BRF, the CPM at the PTC. That is to say, I am Bern Roach Farley, the Communications Program Manager at the Poetry Translation Centre. And if you are a first-time downloader, you might be asking, what is this? Well, with each episode of the podcast, we bring you poems from Asia, Africa and Latin America in both the original language and English translation. We have a wonderful online collection of poetry recordings that you can find at soundcloud.com slash poetrytranslationcenter. The PTC started making sound recordings of poems so that English speakers could enjoy the music of the original poem even if they could not read it on the page. On this podcast, we pick out some of these recordings, add a bit of context about the poet and the translators, and serve them up for your enjoyment. In today's episode, we'll be looking at the poems of Palestinian poet Najwan Darwish. The PTC has just published a collection of his work entitled Embrace, as part of our World Poets series. This chapbook includes translations made by the poet, translator and Arabic scholar Atta Balshir, with the UK poet and critic Paul Batchelor. Darwish is very much a poet with an international perspective. You could call him a world poet who happens to be from Palestine. The short, intense, witty yet barbed poems in Embrace contain a wide range of references, from the Japanese filmmaker Kurosawa and the English intellectual John Berger to the Great Wall of China, as well as often returning to the political situation in Palestine. In his introduction to Embrace, translator Atap al-Shir talks about Darwish's internationalism. Born in Jerusalem to a Palestinian family, Darwish grew up living among and educating himself about a wide variety of religious and literary traditions, the living heritage of the city. This took in the Christian and Islamic traditions as well as ancient and modern literary approaches. Darwish has also travelled widely, engaging and deepening his understanding of symbols and meanings from different cultures. All these are deployed in his poems in a way that lend his poetry historic resonance but also modern energy. The confluence of cultures and traditions give rise to startling insight as well as contradictions. These are reconciled through irony and, ultimately, love of and commitment to these traditions as living materials subject to revision and refinement. Darwish's poetry both expresses and transcends the Palestinian condition. As I said, Darwish's poems are often short, offering a direct initial impact the striking image, only for nuance, ironies, and the implications to sneak up on the reader, revealing themselves later on as the poems are digested. Again in his introduction, Al-Shir notes that the concreteness of his poetic voice lends itself to transferable images and to constructs across many languages, and certainly in English. Here there is a search for tacit wisdom through poetry in a world ever hobbled, cynical, and unstable. Language is not quite what it seems in Darwish's verse. This makes the act of translation challenging yet rewarding, in that stable meanings are not readily there for the translation to lean on. Instead, the translator is called upon to translate voice and sense, rather than meaning in the immediate sense. This is connected to Darwish's gift, which lies in his astute ability to transcend national and ideological givens in pursuit of poetic aesthetics in a world saturated in clichés. It is not common to have come across a poet so confident of his own voice, with all its marvels and quirkiness within a space crowded with rhetorical flourishes. Darwish is shrewdly aware of history and of poetic currents, but he uses these to sustain a voice of his own. This is no small feat. Darwish is not overly prolific, 
But when he does write, his writing counts. It stands out. It is moving and reassuring to read Darwish's poetry, this wandering poet, and find that he constructs a verse of reflective and sombre mastery, a poetry close to one's own encounter with solid realities, whether political, historical, intellectual or psychological. Today we will play you three poems that the trio collaborators, Najvan, Atef and Paul, read at their own online book launch last week. You will hear The Reign of Kurosawa, The Face of a Friend and The Notebook. Enjoy. Amtar Kurosawa Abdajaru Afdahu min fasad al-tabi'ati al-bashariya Fakkertu bihada wa saraha khayali ma'a Kurosawa حينما صور الملك لي وجعله يابانيا كانت هناك أمطار غزيرة وكورساوا يستورد الغضب من لغة أخرى ولير يهدي باليابانية أما أنا فمن أجل أن يتكلم بالعربية ربيت بنات الثلاث بالخزانة ودربتهن طويلا على الأدوار الضجر وفساد الطبيعة البشرية وصلاة معا على بغلة واحدة سأعود إلى زنزانة الفن الانفرادية وأغلق ورائي الباب The Reign of Kurosawa Boredom is worse than the corruption of human nature Thinking about this, my imagination zoomed in on Kurosawa when he portrayed King Lear and made him Japanese in torrential rain, Kurosawa imports rage from another language. Leah rants in Japanese. And I, to let Leah speak Arabic, have raised my daughters in a cupboard and trained them constantly on their roles. Boredom and the corruption of human nature arrived together on one mule. I will retreat into art's solitary cell and close the door. وجه صديق إلى جون برجر وجه صديق على رف تاريخ الفن في مكتبة غريبة وجه صديق من أيام بيوت من حجر من أيام صيف القرى من تلك الأرض التي قطعت وريدك منذ زمن لم تعد تتذكره تلك الأرض التي دفنتك وبعثتك مرارا وأحيانا كانت تدفنك ولا تبعثك وأحيانا كنت تتوسل إليها أن تدفنك ما هو تاريخ الفن أصلا إن لم يكن وجه صديق This is the face of a friend The face of a friend on a shelf of art history books in a strange library The face of a friend from days when the house was made of stone from days when the village was made of summer, from land that cut you off at the wrist in a time you no longer remember, land that buried you and resurrected you, buried you and resurrected you, and sometimes it buried you without resurrecting you, and sometimes you begged it to bury you. What is the history of art if not the face of a friend? al هاتي دفتر مصيري هذا الذي أظل أضيعه 
وتجدينه هاتيه مرة واحدة وشاركيني تمزيق صفحاته وإحراقها وذر رمادها لا سبيل آخر لتحرير مصيرنا من أن يكون مجرد دفتر The Notebook You lose the notebook for two days and then you lose your life you find the notebook and then your life is found anew light delicate there is no thief who doesn't covet it that was najwan reading the original arabic and paul bachelor reading the english of the reign of kurosawa and the face of a friend and ataf al-shir reading the english translation of the notebook you can find these poems and many more in Embrace, alongside an illuminating foreword by Atif and an essay by Indian poet and critic Manash Farak Bitata Chachi. So become the proud and happy owner of your own copy by heading over to poetrytranslation.org shop. While on the website, you can also check out our online Najwan Darwish tour. The next event is an online reading and Q&A with the Shelf Poetry Festival. Najwan Paul and Atif will join leading Indian poet Aruntati Supramalham for a discussion of poetry, translation and the act of witnessing. This online event takes place on Sunday the 22nd of November and you can book a pay-what-you-feel ticket now. Go to poetrytranslation.org slash events for more details. All that is left now is for me to thank Arts Council England for their ongoing support, our donors for their generosity and English Pen for supporting the publication of Najwan's book with a Pen Translates Award. Thank you one and all. Till next time, stay safe everyone.